Hello and welcome to MetaBeta Gaming. I am your host, Matthew Warbay, aka MWarbay001, for all you Instagram followers and for all you PC gamers. I'm Coolhearted100 on Steam because all my other consoles are broke and I'm not going to fix them. I'll probably just buy like a Series X or PS5 or something, but I'm not fixing them. I'm too tired and, uh, and I'm too broke. But uh, yeah, today, another solo episode. And today we're going to be talking about quite a controversy. Because the controversy is, should you forgive and forget a gaming developer for a bad PC or console launch? So, as you know, we've been having a slew of bad console and PC releases. I mean, look at Cyberpunk 2077, look at Arkham Knight, look at No Man's Sky. Uh, Let's see, some more recent games. Look at Redfall. Oh my god, Redfall is so horrible launch. That game was just horrible. The launch of that game was just... Uh, what else? There's, 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 there's a few others. Let me let me quickly think. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Another one. Such a terrible launch. Game riddled with bugs and visual glitches that kind of made memes into memes into more memes. Memes on top of a memes. Like, wow, that's a lot of memes. But still, like, this is the type of thing that we're talking about, like... Some of these games did get fixed. Like Cyberpunk 2077 is in a very, very much more playable state. Arkham Knight was eventually fixed. No Man's Sky was just a miraculous fix. Like they went above and beyond to now in 2023. The game is pretty much what they promised at the beginning and then some. They even go above and beyond that. But it's like should you forgive these studios you know should you forgive them should should you support them in their next launch or should you or should you just be like i lost my faith in them and you know it's a it's a touchy subject because let's break it down let's break it down because it's a touchy subject and there's certain things that i think we all will forgive uh let's take Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, for uh, example, they were the first game in the Assassin's Creed franchise that focused on a multiplayer aspect and not just a single player experience. Because at that time, multiplayer games were taking off. You know, you had the Call of Duties, you had the Battlefield 3s and stuff like that at that time. So gamers, you know, they were focusing more on multiplayers and developers and studios wanted to capitalize on that. So Assassin's Creed Brotherhood added a multiplayer aspect now the multiplayer aspect of assassin's creed brotherhood sucked it was horrible it was really really bad but yet fans forgave ubisoft because of the fact that assassin's creed is a single player gaming experience and on that part it excelled assassin's creed brotherhood was probably was probably considered the best out of the Ezio trilogy because of the single player aspect of of the game. And some fans even praised Ubisoft Montreal for trying to experiment, you know, with uh with a multiplayer. And multiplayer stuck stuck around. I mean, they tried it again in Assassin's Creed 3, they tried it again in Assassin's Creed 4 and Assassin's Creed Unity. They even tried to make multiplayer a uh, integral part in the actual gaming experience too 
various degrees of success, if I were like to say, but, you know, at least they try. Another thing that fans are more forgiving about is poor English dubbing of Japanese um, anime style games. You know, this has been a long debate, even outside of the gaming realm of which is better dub or sub if you're an anime fan or a or a manga fan you guys will know this there's a huge debate about which one is the superior method of uh watching your favorite anime and reading your favorite mangas you know do you um stick with the traditional japanese language with english subtitles or do you completely change it into the english dub voiceovers and sometimes the English voices dub over suck. They really are so bad. And it translates to actually video games too. Where the English uh, voice acting is far inferior to the Japanese original. One of the most legendary ones that I could think of is uh, a Wii game. Arc Rise Fantasia. Who horrible English dubbing. Horrible English dubbing. You know, but those are the things that fans kind of forgive because it kind of like you know it kind of like it's kind of like to be expected in that sense so fans are more eagerly willing to like forgive but then we get to the more integral meat of the matter when we love a game we love the franchise we supported the franchise for a very long time and they kind of dropped the ball they dropped the ball not once but they dropped the ball twice, you know, um, and especially now with game costing 65 plus dollars, 70 plus dollars. And this in this day and age, like I know games back in the 80s and 90s did cost roughly around the same amount in their time period equivalent. But, you know, things are getting rough now, man. Games are getting expensive, you know, and uh, especially when uh, we hear these like. Games are costing more and more to make, and companies are, are 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 investing hundreds of billions of dollars to make a good game, and it's like the game sucks. I mean, it really it's kind of hard because it's like if there's a fine line between being mad and being upset and being entitled. See, there is a fine difference. And, you know, there is a fine difference because uh, Neil Gaiman, he is an author, and he actually wrote, um, he actually wrote, to some degree, yes, but there is also another side to the argument. Paying for a product doesn't mean you are owed more than what the product is. Now, this is, you know, this is to regard, you know, fan entitlement. And this is so true. Fans are, are be like, no, I paid $65 for this product. I want it to be the way I want it to be and the way I want it to actually run. And that's not always the case you know you know um 
George R. R. Martin's novels, the the uh, Game of Thrones novels, also got into a bit of controversy because fans, you know, expected the books to be a certain way or the outcome to be a certain way, and he did not like it. And well, it's not that he didn't like it; it's that fans didn't like the way that he wrote it, and they tried to tell him to change it, you know, but. Video games are different, you know. Video games cannot be broken. They cannot be incomplete at launch. You know, the, the, those are just the bare minimum. So this is where, like, the level of forgiveness gets a bit tougher because... Uh, let's take Watch Dogs for an example. Watch Dogs was an interesting case because, um, you know, we have this... Watch Dogs was like another... Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, basically, where we saw these E3 demos, we saw this huge presentations. I mean, the game looked phenomenal. Holy crap, did the game look phenomenal? And then what we got at launch, yeah, was a decent game. It was all right, but was it what we saw at E3 all those years ago? No, far from it. Actually, far from it. And then. Let's take Dragon's Age 2 and Dragon's Age Inquisition. Here's another good example. Dragon's Age 2 was a completely left-hand turn. Completely different than Dragon Age or Origins. And fans hated it. Fans boycotted the game. Fans demanded refunds and apology. Why? Dragon's Age 2 wasn't a bad game. It was actually a pretty good game. It was a decent game. But since it wasn't what fans wanted, they rioted. You know, and there needs to be, like, there needs to be a happy medium. Because there's no, like, there's no blueprint for what makes a bad game. There's no blueprint of where you draw the line between stuff that's annoying and stuff that's just completely unforgivable. Like, there is no lines. And there's so many... Like, this is one of the good and bad things about, you know, the gaming community. Like, it's so diverse. It's so great with people's opinions. But at the same time, since it's so diverse and since it's so... So many different opinions, different emotions, getting into it, different expectations. Like, it all just drops down to a personal taste. And whether whether you forgive the company or not, like, I think at the end of the day, nobody should really tell you how or why you should for, for, forgive a company or a boycott the, the game at the end of the day it's whatever feels right for you whatever feels right for you as a consumer for you as a fan um yeah it's just it's really up to you whether you should for, forgive a, a developer or a publisher or not forgive them it's really up to you but you know that is my little I guess, boring topic of whether you should forgive a company or you should forgive a fan. Uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, 
share, comment about your own personal experience. Also, we are working on getting Metabeta Gaming onto YouTube Music. So stay tuned for that in the future. Also, we are getting Metabeta Gaming merchandise. Yes, we are getting Metabeta Gaming merchandise. Our first one up is the Metabeta Gaming's Gaming Mousepad. I just got these samples. They're fantastic. They're great on my mouse, especially for first-person shooter games. The material is so well done. The design is so well done. The mouse just glides. Makes everything so much better. So if you could support the channel, um, please purchase our MetaBeta Gaming mouse pads. You will not regret it. They are fantastic mouse pads. <laughs> and as always, guys, this is MWARBAY001 for all your Instagram followers. And for all you PC gamers, I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam. Have an awesome day.